I'd like to thank the Throwback Network for including the Vintage Volts podcast in their lineup. At the Throwback Network, you'll find a fine collection of nostalgia-themed podcasts that will transport you back to the warm and fuzzy days of old. Check out the podcasts that are available at www.throwbacknetwork.net. And welcome back to the next part of the Radio Shack Catalog version of the Vintage Volts podcast. Uh, I am Jeff Salzman, and with me is the Oscar-winning Pulitzer Prize-receiving Mike Whalen. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, I'm okay, but all of that is wrong. <laughs> okay, I told you I'd give you a great introduction to make you feel better. Yay! That'll work. I feel better. All right, <laughs> ready to rip into the remaining part of this 1976 Radio Shack catalog. Last we yeah. left off, depending on how I send out this video or this this uh, uh, podcast, you'll either receive it in another week or you receive it right after some chintzy commercial in the middle. Anyway. Hey, yeah. No commercials are chintzy. I'll be just as surprised as the public as to what it will be like when I release it. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, we uh, I think we left off like right at the um, Archer packs. Yes, as I recall. Yes, because I was saying I wish I even had the money at the in that day to afford the Archer packs. A dollar twenty nine did seem like a lot of money. It was. <laughs> we determined that last time. But we are moving on to all the DIY stuff. All the yes. parts, parts is parts, and you can make at, at a time when you can make anything uh, from Radio Shack parts. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. They 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 do have DIY stuff now, but it's like a a, a I think it's maybe an eighth of the store. Yeah, it could probably the rest is cell phones. If they still had the catalogs, it could probably fit on one page. Yeah, that's true. I forgot they don't have any paper catalogs anymore. No, it's that that big. Actually, they they were the first ones to go without paper catalogs long before the internet made it popular. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So at one point, was it the internet making PDF popular, or is the fact that they just didn't want to spend any money? Printing's expensive. It did. Plus, they remember when they charged you three dollars for a catalog? They did that for a couple years before they decided not to put any more out. Let's see if people really want these catalogs. Let's charge for them. Exactly. Well, oh, of course we you want them. People, <laughs> people don't want them. I don't understand. They don't want to pay for them. That's right. right. Anyway, I'll let you lead off on this. Enough. All right, so I I think what were, what page were we on? Sixty eight, sixty nine. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, for me, a lot of this stuff's out of my realm. Uh, oh, I, I was like a, a wee babe in arms at at six years old. Well, when this stuff was out. I would have looked at it and go, <laughs> <laughs> and this stuff was just I was just getting used to a lot of the stuff like the switches and the knobs and the and the cases. The following year, which their product line probably didn't change too much in the DIY parts. Yeah. Uh, but even so, even today, if this was the exact parts that were available, people could still do stuff. 
Yeah, now you can buy test leads on page 69. You can buy those at the, at the shack. Or it's not the shack, right? It's Radio Shack. They Radio. never went to the shack. Nope. Which okay. Is a good thing. You, you can buy some of those test leads. Um, you know, these days they're kind of um, standardized, so you'll... Yeah, you'll it looks like they, don't, they didn't change much in the, all the decades. Bana- no. Banana There's plugs. There's really no reason to, right? I mean... Yeah, they work. I mean, even... Metal is metal. My, yeah. <laughs> wires is wires. <laughs> my my power supply here uses uh, banana plugs. My oscilloscope uses BNC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you can still buy that. I mean, it's obviously a, lot, uh, a much smaller selection, but there is one there, believe it or not. So, um, let's see. So, ooh, Bakelite boxes. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, Yeah. Heck, I couldn't even afford those. I had to I had to save up just to get a small Bakelite box for for a project once. And that metal cabinet thing that says error for as low as $1.99, they had a bigger one. There was a project I built one. It was supposed to be like um, an LED roulette thing. I spent... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I spent the money for the $5 one, or maybe it was a little bit more. It was closer to the end of the 70s that I built it. But mm. it's like you spent all this money to a kid on one of these things and you don't want to ruin it. And I had to drill holes in it for the LEDs. I was like, okay, now I'm playing with gold here. <laughs> don't yeah. want to mess it up. Well, I even feel that way today. I'm drilling anything. I mean, just, I can't fix that. If it didn't work, I'm kind of out of luck. So I have that's, to get a new one. That's why we all need 3D printers so we could just print new boxes. Yeah, but we can't print metal yet. No. Unless, <laughs> unless you have a Maker Faire, or not, not a Maker Faire. Well, a Maker Faire could do it. Uh, but a, I'm thinking hackerspace. You go to a hackerspace. Yes, uh, you might have true. metal bending and pressing kits. Yes. But, but well, we, there will be one day where you will you will buy a little a little container and you will print out something and you'll see that that bright orange liquid come out of the thing and fall down into a little trough and then it'll it'll form whatever form it is shape to print uh, in metal. Where the little um, nano uh, material forms a new shape for the mold automatically, right? Yep. Or it'll be the Terminator bot. One of the two. Oh, that would be cool. Everything would be nice and shiny. Right. And reflective. So let's see. Knobs, knobs, knobs. And we're talking about... Now watch uh, what you call me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're talking about knobs. And knobs haven't changed. Neither have uh, uh, a lot of switches. They're all pretty much the same. These days, I I had bought some push button switches that look a lot lot like these. Mm -hmm. Hey, sometimes a good thing just works. Yeah. Now, futuristic decorative lighting, fiber optics. On page 72 here. Yeah. Wow, I don't even remember them selling that stuff. I don't know if this is like the last year. Well, this is the disco year, so. Yeah, true. Um, new for 76, so it's new. I wonder if it even lasted a year. I, I don't remember these either, but the, my only experience with them was at, at Mardi Gras every year. Not back then. They, they had become cheaper. They would have these pen lights that had fiber optics coming out the end of them, and you could buy them at Mardi Gras. And, oh, those, yeah, those seem familiar. 
Yeah, I don't remember these, though. Maybe it said it was new for 76. Maybe it was done for 77. Well, I'm familiar with the fiber optic lighting, but not from Radio Shack. Usually from right. Spencer's when it was less adult-oriented and more just fun stuff like, you know, cans of dog poo that spray out and, you know. Mm -hmm. With fiber optics built in. That's right. Yes. <laughs> just comes out, yeah. lights up the whole pile. Mm. I guess if you could get your dog to eat some fiber optics, then you would have oh, your very own. Uh, just, just, just put tinsel on the tree. It's the same thing. Same oh, effect. Yeah, that's true. Now you mix these fiber optics with the previous uh, color organs. You're really ready to go. Just mm -hmm. stick Casey in the sunshine band on one of those realistic combo stereo sets and have at it. You know what's also kind of interesting to me is these uh, these fiber optics lamps seem kind of out of place in the catalog. Let's see, parts, parts, knobs, switches, uh, instrument panels. Uh, oh, uh, fiber optic lamps, and then, and then, then fuses <laughs> and lamp, incandescent lamps, and neon globe lamps, and it's like, well, you know, we got to get onto this hot craze of the of the fiber optic lamps. Very interesting point. Yeah, it does seem out of place now. Well, all of our printer spreads are are are, are set. We'll have to insert it somehow. Oh, we'll do it, do it. Maybe this is where the staple went in, that last inner page. Hmm. Could be. Let's see. So... LED, um, LED digits and future pages, all sorts of... Um, Transistors. Radio Shack has replacements for over 30,000 transistors. And they even sold a semiconductor reference guide. That was something that I remember using a lot. Nice thick book, almost like a thin um, telephone book, where if you're repairing something, you look at the part number that was on the part that you had. You look it up in this guide, and you find the equivalent Radio Shack catalog number, and you go into the store and get it, because chances are they had it. And if they didn't, they can get it for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was very, very neat stuff. Um, and really, look, I mean, all the selections. You've got all these... Um, let's see, where are we going with this? Different ICs. Even then, you could build complex digital circuits with the ICs. Yeah. Flip-flops. Even a calculator. You could. Gates. Tr transistors and... Uh, capacitors, yeah. I never. You, want, you could build everything you wanted, really. I nope. guess you, they didn't really make anything for PC to make a PCB, but you could wire wrap things, I suppose. Well, I think PCB stuff was probably a little bit later. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could still do wire wrapping or even breadboarding would have been. Now on page seventy-eight or seventy-nine, there's mm -hmm. uh, PCB stuff there. You, oh yeah, you get that. you get the perf boards, or you can get the. Uh, yeah, the plain perf boards which don't have any place to solder. You just kind of put wires through and run them to each other and solder them together. Or they may have had the little rows and columns of solder contacts, and you would just bead the solder wherever you needed it to go. Oh, bead. I thought you said bead the solder, like it was some kind of transcendental oh, thing. Well, sometimes when you're trying to solder, solder something complex, you have to bead the solder. It just That's what that Terminator guy was made out of, I think. Yeah, solder. <laughs> so he was dangerous because he had lead in him. Yeah, he was conductive. Yeah, why so, did they why did they use that against him? I don't know. Hmm. Pull the cord out the end of a lamp and shove shove the two ends to him. See if that or or for that matter, wouldn't a taser help bring him down? That's true. 
I don't know. Uh, that's it could a, be a while we're going to pick apart. Suspension of disbelief. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to leave suspension. You got to leave disbelief outside and dead in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, go watch some movies. So, uh, yeah. So I didn't realize that you could get uh, PCB stuff to make PCBs, which is here's some copper clad PC board etching material. Man, this store is awesome. Where is it? Yeah, I still have my etching stuff, but they have a professional kit here. The photo photographic printed circuit board processing kit where you mm. take a photo or something that can be made transparent and you created the image like you, know, you take a picture out of the ones that are in electronics magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dropped that, obviously, before I got mm-hmm. to it because I don't remember seeing that maybe it became too... Maybe it was expensive at the time or too complex You've seen them. You've seen those types of things in earlier magazines. In well, when I started getting electronics hobbyist magazines, that would have been seventy-eight on up until they stopped publishing them. And right. I don't think I've ever seen Radio Shack catalogs with the professional kits for etching I circuit see. boards in there. I've always seen the other one that you kind of make your own. You'd have to. With the parts of it, you have to lay out these uh, tape strips that would mask the copper board, and then you can use little circle pads to create the holes, or at least to etch out the area where you're going to drill the holes. But to get to look to get a copy of the pre-made circuit board design from a magazine to one of those boards was a little difficult. You'd have to go to a more professional mail order service. Hmm to get something that did that. And I guess this uh, photographic printed circuit board kit was designed to do that, but I don't remember seeing them mm-hmm. at the time I got into the hobby, at least being able to go to Radio Shack and get one. This procedure is almost foolproof. <laughs> well, got news for I'm you. almost a fool, so I guess I couldn't have used it anyway. The results are astonishing. You just spray a copper-clad PC board with the sensitizer. And that's capitalized. Maybe it's trademark. Place a negative of the circuit you want to reproduce over the board or masking film with the circuit lines cut from it. Expose the board to strong light, develop it, etch it, clean it, and you have a precise printed circuit board. Precise printed circuit includes etching solution. I guess that's what that says. Yeah. Resistant marking pen. Resist ink solvent, developing solution, sensitizer, masking film, two trays, and complete instructions. That's uh, actually really cool. It is, but it sounds too complicated. <laughs> it's like you need a. It doesn't say you need a darkroom, but I guess you maybe you do. I don't know. And maybe the maybe the resist or the sensitive material is not that sensitive. That's why you need strong light. Yeah, put it outside in the sun for about ten minutes. That might do it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. All it's got to do is whatever it did, it's got to block that etchant long enough to etch away the bare copper. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, that's not at the shack anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Let's see. So, more. The supermarket of electronic parts. A tra- tradition of quality from Radio Shack. Well, hey, you can get single-gang variable capacitors and stuff here. These are these things that you did when you built your own radio. You had those... Uh, multi-plate capacitors that would mesh with each, with each other as you turn them. Mm-hmm. You know, usually used in uh, a lot of old radio receivers. Mm-hmm. 
they sold them there. Right. Now, now if you try to buy something like that to fix like an old-fashioned radio, you're going to pay a lot of money on eBay for one. They just don't make. Really? I don't think no. they make them anymore. Hmm. Like I tried looking one f- for one for my Philco 19 radio from 1932, three, um, yeah. and if I wanted to get a replacement, I'd probably be looking over a hundred bucks for it. I think I'll just try to make the one I have work. Make one out of a Raspberry Pi. Oh, there we go. A raspberry Pi can do everything. That's what I can That's do. What I'm hearing. And put that right inside the back and just uh, make it, make a couple filaments glow or a couple light bulbs glow to look like filaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. I have, I was looking at these relays. Have you seen those? Heavy duty and miniature relays on page oh, yeah. 80. Yeah, you can buy them at the part or the auto parts store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, relays are cool. Electrolytic capacitors. Let's see. Oh, Axial Lead RF chokes. Hmm. Sounds kind of kind of interesting. If you want to build a real radio circuit, you're probably probably going to need one. Yeah. But okay. nobody needs anything more than that electronic xenon flash tube. No, that looks pretty cool. Ideal for strobe light. Yeah, because when your strobe light goes out, there's your replacement. It says prank epileptics. What? <laughs> really? No, no. I'm. <laughs> hey. That was the 70s, right? Yeah. <laughs> Funny. It was the 70s. Sorry, you're going to have to take it outside. <laughs> All right. Calculator keyboard. Told you you can build a calculator, and you can buy the chip yeah. two pages before. Yes. My calculator kind of works. Two plus two equals six. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good enough. There's You're probably using an Intel chip. Oh, yeah. Maybe the first Pentium. That's right. I remember they made those into keychains. I think I have one around here somewhere. Hey, see, they do serve a purpose. Yep, they do. They 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 decorate my my chain of keys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's the. Uh, let's see. Going on to the next page. Oh. The product indexed. And right after that is the store directory. Every location in the U.S. at that time. Oh, that's cool. Let so, me see if mine's there. They show one in York, but with an asterisk. Uh-oh. Really? That means it's on steroids. A Radio Shack authorized dealer is located in this town, may not stock every item in this catalog. That, that's odd, because I know our local mall had at least one, and there was one further on the south side of York had yeah. one. So I know that's at least two. Mine would be uh, in Louisiana Metairie. It says three, and that sounds about right. We had a lot of them. But they have a lot of cities here or towns that don't have a number behind them, but if it's there, it's got to at least have one. Yeah, that's what I think it means, that there's one store. Um, so, like, New Orleans has eight. I don't. I couldn't even begin to tell you where they were, but Kenner has one, which is a sub... It's a suburb of New Orleans, more or less, but it's... Uh, a little bit further out west on the other side of Metairie. So, yeah, I mean, it's about right. I kind of remember a lot of those stores. There were, man, so many. That's why they uh, went into computers. And yeah, and they, <laughs> wanted, the and they wanted you to be part of this because dealerships were available. According, they are. According to the return coupon, which were. for some reason does not, well, you know why nobody got these dealerships? Because there's no webpage listed for people to check. No. No. I keep typing www.radioshack.com into my typewriter and nothing happens. (laughs) 
It doesn't work, yeah. No, it doesn't. Oh, but here are some of the brands. I didn't realize they had... I mean, I knew they had a lot of different brand names, but here they are kind of partially listed. The Patrolman, the Shack. <laughs> the shack. Oh, they have the Shack. Look at that. I didn't know that. Super I didn't know tape, that was a... Um... Concert APF, Science Fair, Micronto. I remember that one. Red, Weather Radio, that was their brand name. Okay. Yeah, Archer, of course. Archer Kid, I don't really remember specifically, but I remember Archer. Radio Shack. Oh, that's a, that's a surprise. Uh, yeah. Inner Cell, I guess that's... Uh, their batteries. Yeah. Optimus. That sounds like a audio thing. I think that was their high-end stereo system. Yeah. Realistic, as we've discussed before. That's the Ford of radio uh, and stereo systems in there. Optimus might be the Lincoln. Realistic might mm. be the Ford. And I'm sure clar clarinet might be Mercury. That looks like it says clarinet I. Or one. I don't know. What is that symbol after the clarinet? Uh, yeah, it does look like an I, doesn't it? Clarinet L? <laughs> clarinet. It's an L. Or it could be an I, because the L in clarinet is, got skinnier. Here we yeah. are. We're, we're yeah. analyzing fonts. That's okay. Multitesters! Um, look at that. Oh, okay. The good testing stuff. Hey, you can buy stuff to fix your car. <clears throat> yeah. Ignition kit, coil, installs an ignition coil with no rewiring. That's right. All cars back then had ignition coils. Archer kit multi-testers. Um, of course, all analog. They would be at the time. Uh, but still good. What? Analog car? Yeah. <laughs> it's one way of well, looking at it. Let's see. Oh, I didn't think these were all for cars. I thought they were just testers in general. And except it's, for... And it's a kit. Like, okay. You build it. But the oh the auto analyzer I see over to the right you're seeing okay oh you're looking at the multi testers I was already on yeah. the other page let's see add an ignition electronic ignition kit to your car oh well there you go all in a box right installs a minutes no rewiring I guess that just replaces the coil hmm yeah and under dash delay a wiper delay back when you can actually mount stuff under your dash on a metal surface yeah that's amazing that's one of those things you take for granted now it's in every car but um imagine <laughs> imagine driving in the rain and not being able to adjust the speed of your wipers you know <laughs> they were usually only faster faster yeah that's it i mean it wasn't much it's that so drizzly it's... stuff that after three or four wipes in the light light rain it would start making all those squeaky noises. That's where the delay came in handy. Okay, so wait. Let's see. Radar sentry kit senses danger areas before you enter them. It looks like something I'd put on a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> like a bicycle radio. Driver alert audibly indicates radar traffic zones to warn of dangerous or congested traffic. Is this some kind of contorted phrasing to basically say we'll tell you where the cops are yeah back when they only ever used what is it the k-band radar or, or what x-band radar when they didn't have right. all that other stuff this would actually work i don't feel like i'm in danger by con congested traffic that's what i don't get it's kind of it's written really weird here like i, oh, I think what okay. they really want to say is if you get this box you can speed like crazy. Except in Virginia, 
where they've, oh. I think, long since been illegal. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, for as long as I remember, they were illegal there, even even in the early 80s. Uh, or mid, early to mid-80s. Uh, okay, now I see what you mean. Radar traffic zones to warn of dangerous or congested traffic. It, it must have been L.A. They must have had that new technology that would Maybe. send out radar pulses. Because, you know, radar constantly pulsing out at you while you're driving is safe. And, you know, I guess maybe this picked up on that. Yeah. Hey, it was a kit. Who cared? Yeah, yeah. And it made cool noises, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, look at this. Metal metal detectors on the next page. Those were the fun ones. Yeah, I never really... I built a mini metal detector. I actually bought that kit. Oh, really? Yeah, I spent oh, a whole okay. 1095 on it, too, because that price didn't go up for a while. It worked, but it worked mm -hmm. better as a stud finder. Because of the yeah. way it was designed, I I was out crawling in the backyard looking for metal, uh, and really couldn't find anything. But then then my dad showed me, hey, hold up to the wall here. There's the nail. So, okay. You didn't find that that treasure chest that was buried by that Confederate army that made it that far north. Yeah, there could have been Confederate army there. the the land yep. The land my parents built on was old farmland that once used to be old tobacco land. Hey. Why not? They were the first ones to actually put a house on that acre of land. It's always been farmland before that, so who knows what ended up there. Now, was this in Virginia? No, no. Or in Pennsylvania? I'm, uh, Pennsylvania. I mentioned Virginia because at the time I was driving, I would um, I would do long-distance driving to and from wherever I was stationed if I was visiting home. And I remember having one of those little radar detectors, you know, the thinner ones, and Virginia right. had big signs up that says radar detectors illegal. Uh, yeah. Well, that's okay. I don't think I've ever had one. But I do notice that for eleven ninety five, you could have had a pocket-sized lie detector test. Yeah, or biofeedback monitor, whatever you want to call it. Are great at parties. Exposes fibbers. <laughs> Cannot be sold within D.C. Really? Washington. I didn't say that here. But no, <laughs> but I'm sure they'll ban it. Oh, I see what you're getting. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, the the, the thirty four ninety five one looks pretty robust. And all these are kits, both these pages. Really? Yep. Oh, you're right. They are both archer kits. Look at that. There you go. Now you know what the archer kit meant. Yeah. There's your strobe light. There's your color organ. And something you probably would have been interested in, the four-band radio. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I see, I don't see these science fair ones. Um, I don't think I've ever seen one of a science fair one, truthfully. But these kind of analog ones that just have like, you know, put, point the knob here and you should pick up this. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the dial. And some of those, I mean, obviously those are going to depend on where you are. So you're only going to get so much stuff. And, and even this is really just doing, it says AM. I mean, 1.5 to 30 megahertz is a pretty wide range. But, uh, well, that was almost the whole range I used when uh, I was in the Army working radio. Our yeah. transceivers used pretty much that specific range. And you can pick up CB on there, too. Mm -hmm. A 27 megahertz band. Yeah, it's got a band selector. It's pretty nice. I wonder how precise the tuning was, if it had like a, a fine-tuned control. It's got re to be receptive, too. I mean, what kind of antennas on the thing? So. No, you, you probably had to provide a long wire. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And a, a world of listening fun. And, you know, back then, shortwave was quite interesting in comparison to today. 
Listen to the war in Vietnam. Live, as it happens. There was a lot of chatter, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, even though it's like those big with transistor AM, the pocket radios, that was just a big deal and period. Be able to walk around and listen to the golden oldies. And even those changed. A few years ago, I bought my son a build-your-own radio kit. And its idea of building a radio is, okay, here is an almost completed circuit board with wires sticking out of it. On these three wires, tape this transistor lead, these transistor leads. On the next one, tape a capacitor lead. You you just actually wrap these up and then tape them with scotch tape. Um, And then you tape a resistor on, and then you turn it on and hope it works. Unlike this 8-transistor AM pocket radio kit, you probably soldered everything together on that. Well, if you turn on the next page now, a lot of a lot of people, you know, who are oh yeah, in my age, remember these. I I unfortunately missed out on all of them. It was something that I think was because this is certainly not the first year, and definitely not the last year of these particular types of project kits. They're big ones. Um, the hundred and one. I know they did the hundred and fifty one and hundred and fifty and ones later. Yeah, I just I, it's it's a disappointment. I really wish these kinds of things were still around because I think that they were very very educational and useful, and they just give you confidence to kind of play around with circuits and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I missed it. I have the ten and one junior at the bottom of the right hand page. I picked that up at a flea market. No, uh, yard oh, sale. Oh really? Yard okay, sale. so like recently. Yeah. You have one. Yep. Okay, great. Oh. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Boys. I did have a chemistry set now, but uh, that really just meant I just mixed a bunch of stuff, and I remember like something getting really hot and then turning solid, and we ran and threw it down the drain Oh, the sewer. Good luck finding that today. I think today's chemistry set, the only caustic chemicals you get are uh, baking soda and vinegar. Yeah, I imagine chemistry sets are done. <laughs> they won't sell you magnesium strips to light some semi-inert chemicals on fire yeah wow yeah i guess that's true i hadn't considered that but you're right yeah those are they're just gone but these kits were just amazing and it's uh no solder so you didn't have to worry about figuring out how to solder at least for a little while you probably want to after a time yeah Um, and a point-to-point wiring i mean it it worked You, you got some theory Mm-hmm. About electronics in it, so it was easy. And you, and if you were, if you had enough parts, if you had the bigger kits, you could probably f- figure out your own circuits. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. And you have, let's see. I'm just looking at this. You have an electronic kit, electromagnetic kit, which is interesting too. Probably learn a lot about coils and um, stuff like that. Um, I mean, some of the you- basic. Uh, are you on the next page? Already? Uh, 93. Okay. I'm still on the main page. Where am I at? 41 Electromagnetic Project Kit. Oh, there it is. 1995. That is cool. I'd never seen that before. No. Compass, motor spinning wheel, windmill, electric fan, light dimmer, and more. Requires just four AA batteries every 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or, yeah, you can play with the thing once every four months when you get four free batteries from them. Oh, true, yeah. I may be getting so, ahead of the book, but I think they talk about the Battery of the Month Club later. They probably do. Battery of the Month. Hey, I got AAA this month. What did you get? I, I got C. I, I got a rock. Yeah. I got a lantern battery. We don't even have any lanterns. <laughs> no, but they're great when you put when you wrap a wire across them and watch it glow. 
Mm-hmm. It's a cheap light. Cheap lantern. True. All right, so let's see. I moved on. Yeah, the next page, upper left-hand corner, that AM broadcaster kit, that was my first ever Get Me Into Electronics kit. I bought and built one of those. Now, did it reach the 40 feet away? Nope. It does say up to 40 feet away, to be nope. sure. And the, from the last podcast, I said I could still reach the radio when I got out of range. I remember you saying that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was cool to build, uh, but it was just disappointing in a way. Up, I guess the up to 40 feet away, you know, kids don't read the up to part. I, I read it I, as... I just didn't just now. I say <laughs> I, bro- I broadcast programs through any standard AM radio 40 feet away. <laughs> That's how I read it. That's what I read. Broadcast news. <laughs> uh, That's it. That's that's all that I would read. So did you have to wrap that antenna wire yourself, or did that yes. come? Yes, it had to be wrapped. They gave you this huge... Uh, it was a big piece of cardboard with the enameled wire wrapped around it, but you had to put like double-sided tape on the corners of that red rectangle and you would start at one point leave so much of it out and then carefully wrap it try to you know wrap it cleanly Uh one loop after another to have all the loops all nice and evenly spread and then go back the other way if you still had more wire to go and keep zipping back and forth that way until it was completely wrapped learn never to want to build to build an antenna again (laughs) that's about right yeah i mean antennas are difficult just for to understand and to construct, they're very uh, uh, complex. And to they wind, just look like a piece of wire, yeah. Or to wind the coils that may feed an antenna. I mean, there's right. people in ham radio that still do that. Mm-hmm. They'll design coils and they'll get PVC and they'll carefully wrap the wire. Yes, these are people who know what they're doing. Yes, not me. <laughs> uh, pe- people with patience. Now, I think I would have liked. Um, I don't remember this one at all, but I think I would have liked the thing on the bottom right. The Fun Plus Learning equals Digital Electronic Computer Kit. What are they connecting together there? I guess there's lights behind that thing. Well, let's see. It's a stimulating kit, but not too stimulating. Yeah. With 50 safe experiments for any science-minded youngster or the entire family. A uh, great introduction to the world of computer programming and cybernetics. Yikes. <laughs> well, remember, a $6 million man was popular at this time, so there's your cybernetics oh, part. Oh, yeah. Forms a solid base for advanced learning. I mean, okay, so teaches binary math. Okay. The easy learn by, which is very useful, especially if you want to become a Trying to figure out if that's why you're going through or if it's a, like mechanical in nature. Uh, it I don't takes, know. It takes mean, three it, C-cells, so there's electronics yeah. there somewhere. Which is a fair amount of battery, um, so I don't know what it's doing. It must be, uh, oh, I don't know. Well, you can diagnose illnesses with it. Uh, what illnesses are we diagnosing says, with this? programs to predict whether, diagnose illnesses, do translations, and more. Wow. that that's They're writing a check. I'm not sure they're going to be able to cash. <laughs> Maybe that's why i never seen it before. I usually pay attention to all this stuff every time the new catalog came out. Well, maybe you'll see one of those and you can pick it up. Now that I know... Today, who, I mean. Yeah, who knows? It might be on eBay. Okay, now, next page. Science Fair P-Box Kits. Fun, easy to build, educational. I don't remember uh, these either. It's kind of... I guess it's kind of like uh, breadboards, really. Um, sure it's got some... Maybe there's stuff inside. Probably more yep. advanced... 
Oh, there you go. P-Box kits are designed to let you learn about electronics as you build by breadboarding parts on a unique perf board molded chassis with a coated grid of 332 inch diameter holes. You can even be your own engineer by adding to or modifying your completed kit. Start fires. Blow up your parents. <laughs> well, maybe um, I should have bought this wireless AM mic kit. I don't know why I didn't because that it says five ninety five. I would have actually wanted to spend less. I wonder if this is the last year they did these. Because this one only says twenty feet away. Is that it? Okay, I wanted to go for forty feet. You needed the extra. You needed the distance. You needed. I mean, you were right there, just winding. You should have just gone further and went for the forty thousand watt clear channel voice of the of Pennsylvania. That would work. Yeah. <laughs> Archer project boards, great values for builders. I don't. Oh, uh, they're just like different power supplies. I guess they're just plain old boards, probably pre-made circuit boards that you buy your own parts mm. and put it together. Yep, yep. Yeah, for a dollar ninety-nine, three ninety-nine. It's got to be that. It's it's, it's got to be basically just the circuit boards that that's already pre-etched. Yeah. And you get the next page, you're getting into the soldering stuff, which is interesting. We're still trying to figure out, I think, cordless rechargeable soldering. Um, I noticed that that is available. It's not that it's never worked or anything, but, you know, you get just get better results with uh, a proper Oh, yeah, with um, solder. Or these days with a soldering station. Yeah. I had... Uh, an, the Science Fair Electronic Toolkit on the right side, the, the $10 kit, that's what I had. I had just enough tools to do stuff, and they gave you maybe three feet of solder, so I had to buy more solder. No. But it was a 20, well, 30-watt uh, soldering pencil. Uh, no stand. Or does it have, oh, it does have, it has a cheap little bent metal piece of stand, just enough to keep the heat off of, you know, the dining room wooden table. Yeah, and you know, you could still basically buy those at Radio Shack today. It's probably the only thing they have. Mm, I think they have a couple of stations. But oh, that's right. They do have a station. Uh, my wife got me a soldering station several years ago for Christmas that they now sell for 50% more, exact same station. And then since then, I got a, a bigger station that has a heat reworking gun on it. Wow. Not that I didn't outgrow the other one. Now my son uses that one. So let's see, desoldering tools, of a solder-up remover wick. I don't know why, but I actually find soldering up, uh, pulling up solder with a wick uh, relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll watch it bead through this, the braid, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like cleaning up stuff. It's like Tetris, maybe. You know, you're just cleaning up your board or something. Anyway. Well, I, so, I, I use that from time to time, but some things just, it doesn't work as well with, I was trying to replace a power connector on a laptop motherboard using Soderwick and it just wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I've gotten fairly good at it. I've, I have other things that I can use, like, um, what did I get? Uh, let's see, I was playing around with, like, just taking components off of uh, a surface mount board, you know, like in a hard drive or something. Yeah. And so I had gotten an air gun, and I, I got this, like, low temperature solder that would stay liquid for a lot longer and just to 
play around with with removing things. So you can shift things around at the last second. Either that, or if I was just playing around with moving thing, taking things off. You know, can I take off? Can I take off this IC? Also, it was practice. It up? You just had a bad board, and you were practicing on it. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I had to kill the board anyway. So, well, let me just play around with it. Play, practice some desoldering stuff. So, yeah, it was kind of fun. Now, these uh, five-piece color TV alignment toolkits. I guess we don't need that anymore. Uh, actually, I needed one last weekend when I was trying oh. to realign my Commodore Amiga monitor that I was putting on my TI-99 system because oh, over the okay. years, some things need adjusted. And those are plastic alignment tools. Yeah. So they won't... That's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't have any. I had to be very careful with a very long metal screwdriver. Oh, my goodness. Well, Seriously? I, I, it takes time. I just turned it off. Then put the screwdriver in where I wanted to and held still and then turn it back on. Then I can turn what I need to do, turn the monitor back off, then pull it out again so I didn't well, accidentally... if you turn off the monitor, the deadly charge is gone right away. I'm, that's what well, I'm not at, yeah, not in all places, but where <laughs> I need... I'm teasing. Let's put it this way. I, I was probably good around the yoke. Yeah. Well, because I, I... Just I not the flyback. Do some kind of like uh, volunteer work at at an arcade nearby, so uh, I don't go anywhere near those giant <laughs> hulking CRTs. Forget it. Big screwdriver and a discharge cable, right? I've seen a picture of it done. Um, I think I actually had to learn how you're supposed to do it for a, a certification or something I got at one time, but I've never done it personally, and I don't know. It's kind of fine with me. I've I've had... I've had too many coworkers who have told me, you know, stories of winding up across the room. <laughs> yeah, I've had similar stuff happen to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if it happens to you once, you're like, oh, that's okay. It's called res- that, respect. That could, well, either that or it could be the part of your brain just got fused that, that, that eliminates the uh, worry about danger. Well, there's two high... That's why. There's two dangerous parts. There's the flyback, which is a lot of voltage, low current, and can really knock you across the room. Then there's the yoke, which is generally low voltage but high current, and that can kill you. Yeah. That's I don't what, want either of them. That's what I was trying to be careful with, with that monitor, because I was getting near the yoke. Uh, but I wasn't getting near the flyback. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, move on here. There's so much yeah. stuff to talk about, but nope. you know the next few pages, you can find these almost anywhere. But Radio Shack had them. Radio Shack had what you need to be general purpose handyman tool guy, including, and I think you brought this up before, on page 103, the label maker. Yeah, I had I had honestly forgotten those types of label makers. I guess... We've really gone way beyond those label makers. And this one isn't called Dymo. It's got Radio Shack's name on it. Yeah. Dymo was, I, I bet you that was a Dymo label maker with Radio Shack branding. Oh, probably. I mean, I actually just bought a label maker recently for work. And, you know, so it's just night and day. It's amazing what you can do with label makers now. They're basically just tiny printers. Turn, click. Oh, yeah, the, the, the latest ones? Yeah, they're great. Yeah. But this one, this. turn, squeeze, click. You know, my daughter would love something like this if I found one for her. Um, but finding the embossing tape anymore, I don't even know if you can get that. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it would be hard to And we would just waste it like it was, you know, we can get it again. And just do your name, 
try to get it to crimp that last end piece, double crimp or double cut that last end piece so you can peel that tab away. You stick it on something, and a half an hour later, it's already bowed and getting ready to fall off. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the thought that counts. But they they stuck in there, no pun intended. If you could yeah. get them to stay more than five hours, you could never remove them again. Yeah. There's probably still things showing up, you know, at the uh, dives at the flea markets and stuff that are still labeled with those things. Oh, <laughs> that's true. There probably is. Now, just briefly on the previous page, I noticed this one-ton block and tackle hoist. <laughs> Seven-to-one lift ratio weighs less than one pound, can lift over 2,000 times its own weight. Wow. Why would Radio Shack sell that? I don't know. Oh, put up antennas, television antennas. It could be. It's interesting, though, huh? You could buy anything. Because you had to put up a rotating antenna because cable really wasn't the big thing at the time. We didn't even have channel M. Yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh, batteries. There we go. There's that intercell. And Inter there's cell. that Battery of the Month Club saves you up to $5.88 over the whole year. Hmm. Which was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Well, I see. Total value. That means if you got all 9-volt batteries, right? Because that was the most expensive. Yeah. No. Yeah. 9-volt battery. Figure C, I was looking at, as that was C battery. Let's see, figure A is the D battery, figure B is the C battery, figure D is the double A battery. They, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Radio Shack. Figure C, 9-volt rectangle, because there was another 9-volt shape, 49 cents. Yeah. I love that uh, that battery tester. Well, two of them, actually. The first one being that the large one that's basically a multimeter. Yeah, with uh, the green <laughs> green zone. Yeah, as long as you're there, you're all set. Um, and then the battery checker, the, like the the one where you put the the double A. Well, it says C. It'll do C as well and D. But it's interesting because now you just have those little tiny strips where you can actually like just make a connection between the positive and negative across that little strip, and it'll say how much. Oh, like the ones they they in. put into batteries for a few yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I always test test the 9-volt batteries with my tongue. That's why I can't speak right now. Um, oh. Eh, I've done that. I, I, I don't like the way it feels. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you feel it, you know it's working. <laughs> it's, that, well, yeah. I'm not across the room anyway. Um, big bruiser. What in the world is that? That must be your lantern battery. Uh, it is. And, it, right. and it doesn't. And they have a smaller big bruiser, too. Yeah, a smaller bruiser. I can't read it. It's not... Uh, oh, actually, if you zoom in, you do get a pretty good view. M2, M926. So let's see what that is. Uh, let's see. It's probably a lantern, like you said. Here it is. 569. 12, 12 volts. Okay. With no, yeah. with no equivalent type. This is the only place you can find it. Yep. Everybody doesn't make it, and Burgess doesn't make it. Somebody's making it. I don't oh, know Radio Shack's making it. Oh, well, it says Mallory on it, so oh, I guess Mallory. they were licensing. And Duracell was selling stuff back then. Oh yeah, let's see. I'm looking now, at the prices, like two bucks, three bucks. Uh, the little button batteries are sixty some cents. Yeah, <laughs> nowadays it's five ninety nine if you buy them retail. Let's see. More multi-testers. These are the good ones. 
Yeah. 10,000 ohms. I had uh, oh. the 2195 one, and I had the 895 one. Let's see, 2195 one. Uh, 20,000 ohms. Per volt, so it, it would load down a circuit to some degree. It wasn't exactly mm-hmm. the best if you wanted to measure subtle differences in voltage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see, rechargeable battery AC multi-tester. That looks pretty fancy. Uh, oh, signal injector for RF, IF, and AF circuits. Which one was that? Six ninety. It's on the bottom of one hundred seven in the center. Six ninety five. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So you can test different stages of radio. Most likely Spot receiver circuits. Yeah. It's a battery strength indicator lamps. That's kind of a weird, oddly described item, but for those who know. They know it's good. That's right. And for those who can afford, could buy that big multimeter at the top. Right. One twenty and seventy six. What did we figure out the last time? It's about three and a half times more expensive today, or at least in dollars. So you, I don't remember. I said what was it? Twenty thirteen. Yeah, it's close to six hundred dollars for something like that now, or equivalent pricing. Yeah, I can't remember now, but yeah, um, it was something like that. It was uh, pretty pretty tough. Um, uh, no, I don't want Medicare. Google, never mind. <laughs> Google. He's trying to <laughs> trying to guess what you're trying to type. Yeah, I know. And they fail. I'm all set. That's okay. Um, and I remember that was a good site. Um, let me go back to the page here. So, oops. Basic household type items. Plug-in timers. So your Radio Shack did give you everything that you could do that was electric or electronically based mm-hmm. in one store. And I wonder if, like these two pages alone, have been their products have been relegated to the department stores and the home improvement stores that started popping up. You know, it's funny. I was thinking it's kind of interesting how you know I was young enough when I would see some of these things like these timers, right? And I just get so fascinated with them. You can set a time, and the lamp will come on at the time you set. It's like, and it used to work uh, for old TVs that had the mechanical one knob too. Yeah, but those newer it won't work on a newer TV. Mm, no, it, when when power's cut from that, then it comes back again. It you still have to go up and press the power button. Yeah. Like, well, one thing looks out of place on these two pages, and that's the push button calculator. I saw that, you know, and I, I was thinking my mother had one of those. For She used it for coup, coupons. That's right. And stuff. So, hey, they're pretty handy. Spend twice the price and you can get one that subtracts. Oh, how much you got to pay for one that divides? Uh, I don't know. You <laughs> might have to buy two of them at least, and that one, one acts as a carry. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Alarm wow, systems. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No, go ahead. Um, I, I went over the next page, uh, mm-hmm. he said, trying to manage time as best as he can. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, alarm systems. Now that was the stuff. Never built one, but they were always cool, especially when you could test them out in the store. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I don't think they appreciated that. That's well, what made them go out of business, But man. they they made burgers look surprised if you look at the, uh. 
picture that in there. That burglar is, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure if he's surprised or what he's actually expressing here is like he is looking at a mountain of TVs that he's about to steal. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe that household got one of those 3-2 uh, projection TVs. Yeah, so it's, oh, my God. But he's, he's about to wake somebody up. He's knocking over that lamp. Oh. That's a glass lamp, too. Yeah, see, you don't even need an alarm system. Just put a lamp near the window. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, that's all the different alarm systems with buzz, uh, excuse me, with uh, bells and buzzers. Oh, what's this? Ooh, fail-safe lifetime tubes. Yeah, I wonder if any of those are still life's life. <laughs> mean the replacement. Life. Guarantee the last as long as you're set. Oh, I like to call them in on one of those right now. I uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and mm. now we get into their next page. We get into their books. And you Always still see them books. on eBay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're great. They haven't yeah. been scanned already into PDF form. Yeah. It's pretty neat what you can find online in that regard. Next page was my stuff. I was so fascinated by these things. I was fascinated by the light. <laughs> the light? Yeah, the light and the uh, the LEDs. Oh, the, okay. What, looking close at the displays and noticing that little yeah. bubble, bubble uh, magnifier inside each or some exactly. of them. Exactly. And I, I think I told you last time, I don't think it was on during the show, but my father had one of those very common i think it was rockwell oh okay calculators you i think you said like ti but you weren't quite sure but rockwell is uh i think it was rockwell um and so yeah it, it had the led so i was like wow and i used it for school and stuff so it was i mean i have to do very heavy stuff with it at that age but still well, it was cheating back in my day you can't use a calculator in school today you get detention well, if would, you don't have one I was at home. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I wasn't okay. Doing it at school, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, because you couldn't do it at school, right? <laughs> but, I don't remember truthfully, but I think you're probably right. You know, I, I remember um, trigonometry. I had to use trig tables. I couldn't use a calculator. I wasn't allowed to. I had to interpolate with trig tables up to four decimal places. Yeah. Well, the good news is is that today, you know, as a parent, you can just complain about the teacher and have them fired. Oh no. So. <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's kind of sw- it's kind of changed over <laughs> when i was a kid the teacher was the boss <laughs> now the parents are bosses i guess yep <coughs> that's that's how it's turning out that's for sure only now two look, pages of calculators wow yeah okay. very little and then you get right into the tv and here's which here's is a really important part here's where you needed that hoist that block and tackle hoist yeah, and you know what? Those automatic rotators are like, that's like classy. Click-click, you know, click click-click. I mean, we, we moved, when I was, uh, this had to be like 1988 or something, we moved into a house that had one of these. And I finally got it hooked up one day just to play around with it. And it's it was pretty cool to ha- be able to do that with your so antenna. Turn it all the way, then run outside real quick and watch it turn and... Well, I actually hooked it up to the TV. I mean, we obviously had cable by that point, but I hooked it up to a TV to see, you know, what we could, what we could pick up. And I was oh, just I the mean, antenna itself. You're not talking about the rotator. Oh no, the rotator. Oh, that I had too. The whole okay. Thing hooked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just the people who were in the house. I guess they just abandoned it. They just disconnected it when they got cable, and they just left it hanging around. So it was still there. It was still the antenna was on. <laughs> excuse me. The antenna was on the roof. The rotator was just 
tucked in the living room somewhere and I connected connected it up and started turning it and sure enough it still worked and so I used it to scan around the local airwaves to see what could be picked up. My parents house still has the 300 ohm antenna sockets in every room. Yeah. The two or three pin ones it's they they end it quick and everything went to those uh, coax but yeah, our rotator was an old one. It, it had the it would make clicking sounds every time it turned. It wasn't a silent turn thing. It would you know click click click, and it would actually just inch the rotator I, around. I think the one that I had, I, I seem to recall a motor sounding, you know, like a, in the unit itself, and maybe that was you know while it was turning to indicate where it was where it was actually going to be pointing, or it was feeding power to it, and you could hear the electrical strain. Could be. Could be. I don't know. I mean, I think that um, it's interesting because if you actually have one of those today, they would pick up nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, they people have converted them for ham radio use, but they don't mm-hmm. do so. I mean, they'll work, but they don't do so well with you know some stations anymore. I mean, just having an antenna outside, if all you have is an HD TV and no cable, you'll get something. But don't expect yeah. great distances. Mm-mm. No. Especially with the next page stuff, the rabbit ears. Yeah. For those who lost their rabbit ears. I remember. I, I I don't remember a lot of these, but I do remember the ones on kind of the lower left, the ball. Oh yeah. With the uh, with the ears poking out, and I never did like they did on like TV shows where people had to hold up the foil, but I do remember like my <laughs> grandparents had foil on their antenna, so. It works. I think I bought something once in like the mid to late eighties, like the Color Supreme in the upper left hand corner, because I had a need for it at the time, and cable was just something out of my budget. Mm-hmm. And cool. it didn't work. Re- well, I think I was staying at my parents' house for a while, and they didn't have cable, but the the antenna may have been pointing somewhere where I didn't want to watch, so I had to have my own antenna, and I certainly wasn't going to put one outside. You know, <laughs> some of these names, Color Eagle I get, Color Supreme I get, I don't get Golden Glory. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. I think it was probably all brass in color, including the ma- uh, the antennas. Mm. Golden Glory. Yeah. Oh, gold-plated contacts. Was oh, that it? Okay. This is the monster of, of 1976. And worth worth the price. Oh, especially in wood grain. Yeah. Okay, so here's a one another one for your home. A few UHF antennas. Let's see. Um, receive the unreceivables. <laughs> receive broadcasts before they're even cast abroad. There you go. You get to watch that show ahead of time. Mm-hmm. UHF converter tuner. It's funny. It's like for TVs that just don't have it. I guess a UHF tuner. Now I, I, I don't know that I've seen a TV that didn't have UHF, but for city possible. for city or suburbs, I guess some cities couldn't receive out out of town UHF signals because they would dissipate. Um, so people probably didn't buy the televisions that had the UHF. Yeah, maybe couldn't think about. Maybe one of my grandparents did not have. One of my grandparents had the. A Zenith TV with the Space Command clicker, and and I don't think that actually got. You mean one of these? Exactly. I, yeah. I have I have one right here, Space Command cool. clicker. Yep, 
And uh, I think I don't think that TV got uh, UHF. Come to think of it, because it had that one dial that that the Space Command would uh, automatically turn. Well, this it, on theirs it was actually not a dial. What it was is it was a, it was a long vertical strip, and when you hit the up or down button, the next channel in the list would light up. It would just you know flash a light. For whatever channel it happened to be on, it was just a piece of plastic that you could actually okay. take out and change things around. I'm thinking the even older uh, ones that were completely electromechanical, but I know which one you're talking about. You had mm -hmm. you can pre-program using tiny little tuning dials, tuning knobs, and then you kind of set that channel, and you would put a little translucent or transparent number in that spot to represent that channel. I, yeah, I believe that's the case. Some VCRs were doing that stuff too because it saves space. But yeah, you only got like. Uh, ten to th ten to twelve possible um, receivers that you can set up. And then on the next page, you got some stuff for some serious TV watching. Wow! Oh yeah, you can set up entire uh, heavy duty telescoping antenna masks, masts. But just those couplers for full power on each set, and gee whiz, look at that! Oh yeah, in lower right hand corner, those um, wall plates. The mm -hmm. ones with the little, like the the, the three and, yeah. a, and a curve, those are what were in my parents' house. That's that was the oh. three hundred ohm stuff that ran through the house before they went to the seventy five ohm coax. I'm, I'm, uh, if I saw that, I had no idea what it was. I don't. It does not ring a bell with me at all. Hmm. Uh, well, we got cable and all that went away. Archer accessories on the next page. Oh, look at these. Worked. Look at these. Auto accessory center, but DC voltage inverter and noise eliminators because we all know uh, those non-electronic ignitions, those coils and spark plugs would uh, make a lot of noise in those AM radios. Yeah, that were that were standard on a lot of cars still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. To get FM, you had to go to the next page and get yourself an adapter. Now, are we even uh, talking about AM stereo at this point? I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember what year that was, but, I mean, it didn't take off. <laughs> but I remember Which, my parents having uh, an FM converter that went mm -hmm. through the AM radio, but it was never in stereo. Mm. No, I think AM stereo was like a new way to broadcast AM, if I recall. And uh, it, it, it didn't go anywhere. It was like... I don't know. I should look it up before I say anything, but as I recall, <laughs> it just did not go anywhere. It was a, it was an answer to FM because FM was taking over. Because you could get stereo out of FM. You can listen to talk radio in stereo. Mm hmm. Well, they had music, you know. Some, but back then, where was the fidelity? I don't know. Let's see. There's a universal fifty bucks for a one that does AM and FM. Um. Which is interesting, and these are for af these are aftermarket purchases. These weren't things you got necessarily in your car. And they're priced way below factory installed, and probably in this case had the same quality as what you would find you get from the factory. Yeah, and uh, on the next page you get there we track go players, yay, and some cassettes, some cassettes. So this is like the present and maybe the future. 
on and, on the right chip, but and it definitely lets, the future in retrospect. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like Neon Cat comes out of it too with the rainbow notes and stuff. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering about that. I actually saw that when I was first thumbing through this. Like, <laughs> it's all they, it's they all were hard up for clip art. <laughs> yeah. What is that? What is that car doing to those people? It's got them entranced, that's for sure. Oh, Stereo 8 player with built-in Quadravox. Remember that term from the last mm-hmm, session? I do, yeah. Quadravox do. enhances stereo tapes with a four-channel effect, but here's the problem. You can't really enhance 8-track. But you can put the word enhanced in your catalog listing. Oh, that's definitely worth the extra 20 bucks. Built-in Quadravox. Quadravox. Well, anyway, they tried, I guess. <laughs> It lasted for a couple of years. Let's see. Now look at, on the next page... These are the things I like. The all-in-ones. Yeah. Well, I'm looking also at that dual-powered phono with AM radio. Portable. Portable tune, record playing. Tune AM or play records. Well, I got one of those now, but not that. I got one that's probably 20 years earlier. It has tubes in it. It's actually a record player with a built-in AM radio. Yeah, I guess this one really doesn't have tubes in it, does it? No, this this would be transistorized, but uh, I'm looking to see if it says new, and you know, I'll, I'll call them on it after 30-some years. Yeah. Although this one's UL listed. Mine probably wasn't. <laughs> yeah, these are like, uh, we're getting into some pretty higher-end stereos coming up. Coming at ya! Yeah, I thought we saw these in the last time, but we were seeing them as components as opposed to these standalone uh, combo items. Okay, so two things. Um, number one, I noticed that the the Realistics lowest price stereo compact is the Clarinet 10. There is the Clarinet so name. Maybe that was their lower price brand for stereos, maybe? Their mer- just, uh, Mercury. Their Mercury stuff. <laughs> Going but back to apparently that. that is a number because there's a 10 and then at the top in the 169.95 one is a clarinet 48. So well, clarinet that name said what, like clarinet I? Maybe they were up on something that Apple wasn't quite aware of at the time. Maybe instead of the <laughs> yeah. I clarinet, it's the clarinet I. I knew it. Steve Jobs stole it. He did. And he put it in front. Didn't say Xerox or anything on it. Mm-mm. New for 76. Sub or 8-track players, which are always good. So that Ooh. that was just a record player with speakers for sixty nine ninety five. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> wow. Now, it's hard to read these. I would really love to see what's in here. Um, what, the musical memories, the 8-tracks? Yeah. <laughs> Hits of the 60s. Let me see. Gary Puckett, Kingsman, Ripcords, Bobby Vinton. Oh, there's a name I know. Birds, but probably not. Probably not any of their popular songs. Oh no, there it is. Turn, turn, turn. Okay. Polka dot bikini, green, green. Where Funny. are you seeing these? I, I'm not seeing the. Uh, I'm seeing artist names, but not. Uh, uh, further down the same. They do all the artist names, then they do the titles of some of the songs, like for hits oh, of the '60s. Okay. Hmm. This is before sweating to the oldies, too. Exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness. 
It was an innocent time. It was. <laughs> Demonstration and sound effects. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Live mechanical sound effects. 38 actual sounds ranging from the unusual to the everyday. Well, that's that defines it right there. Yeah. 48 Nothing. sound effects, including animal noises. <laughs> you can just get animals. Oh, no, wait. You don't have to feed a record. You don't. Uh, I, I noticed that they're not offering any of the um, their brothel series of... Uh, sound effects albums no <laughs> which is too bad you know because they could probably could have sold that pretty well i think but even at the time I mean, why buy these when you can just send in one penny and get 12 records or tapes and then cancel your subscription right away true cbs huh and that cbs cbs did some columbia records and sure, tapes yes. several of them columbia? did that i remember columbia i think that was the one i was thinking of of course, CBS is a Columbia Broadcasting, so or it was ah, at one time. Division of a division, that's what it was. Probably. Hey, time to wake up here. Mm-hmm. Rise and shine to a realistic AM, FM, digital radio. This thing doesn't play radio. Well, it was realistic. It's not real. Stop complaining. And they got... Chronomatic. They got the uh, flip, lo- flip numbers, which were represented in... That movie, Groundhog Day, every day yeah. at 6 o'clock. Those you see the neat. one. You see the one on the lower right. My grandfather had a very similar one. It wasn't. It didn't have... With the, the green display? I don't know. It was orange. It was orange. But it had this kind of weird thing where whenever it changed the time, it would kind of... The lights would kind of build in. And, oh, so there was... I, okay, I see those. I think there was actually a rolling thing behind that that... It would roll, and then the light shining through it would mesh with the front and simulate the display. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably right. It was interesting. I don't know if this is what this does, but the, the way that the numbers look on that particular display is uh, very close. Of course, we're just talking segments and vertical and horizontal lines. But this says, features big one-inch segmented and illuminated, illuminated digital readout. doesn't specifically say it's LED, so it might be oh, electronic look readout. So I bet it was that way. I bet it had the, uh, the rolling display in the back that created that segmented look. Right. Looks like you spent the extra money for a real LED radio, yeah. clock radio. Let's see, now we're starting, this is the next page, is AM-FM stereo receiver system with built-in Quattro box. And there's there's the extra $20 compared to the other one a few pages back that did not have Quattro box. Oh, and you can add a changer for twenty seven ninety five, but only when you buy the Modulette. The Modulette. That's yeah. another one of their brand names. Now we're getting to all the portable stuff. I love it. Deluxe FM AM table radio. It thinks it's a hi-fi system if it had sentience. <laughs> but your friends don't think it. <laughs> right. What is that? <laughs> it's tiny. Is, is it, that a hi-fi system? That, no, it's not. <laughs> let's see. It's four, four and three quarters. It's about 15 inches wide. That's not very wide. Uh, 10 inches deep and four inches high. It's tiny. That, that record player you probably couldn't put on top of it. Probably had to put yeah. beside it. Let's see, and on the next, the $70 one, let's see. First, a wide-scope stereo. Wide-scope circuitry expands the sound. Is that when it started, all that high-end treble boost that gives it a broader stereo range? 
Well, it could have just been acoustics, too. It looks like they're kind of um, pointing the speakers. How it's facing out like out. that. Yeah, yeah. Just like Bose does, you know. That's exactly what Bose does. I've, I've figured it out. No, I'm kidding. They, um, they des- well, they in some cases they tell you that they've designed it to throw sound certain ways. Yeah, they do. They do actually. Yeah. Now we're really getting into the portable stuff. Oh yeah, like the Gig- dog radios and, and gigantic friggin' headphones. Oh, the uh, <laughs> the twenty nine ninety nine one. Those mm-hmm. are ones that my parents bought. I wore them all the time when mowing the lawn. Yeah, they worked. It right. worked. The nine volt battery would last for a month on those things of weekly uh, lawn mowings. They were they were great, but yes, they were big and they blocked out a lot of sound, which was good. Like in a I way. like I could hear anything over the riding mower anyway. Yeah. And AM bike radios. I don't I didn't, I don't remember those. I do. I've always wanted one, but it, I, I could never get one. I ended up having to get a radio like the pocket transistor radios. And not mm-hmm. not not the flavor ra- flavor radios. Those were too cool for me. Uh, I had to get like the five ninety five one, and then loop it around my wrist while I was riding a bike, and hope I didn't let go, and then it fell off my wrist. Mm. And then the sound would always go in and out, and in and out, and in and out. You know, it was, always a, it was only a buck more for the color one. Well, that was a two, dollar. Two bucks more for the mini. Well, that was just oh, all the yeah. These are all just AM. They're not. AMF and they're just AM. So I guess by that time you're still having some, you know, radio stations that are still playing music on AM. Yeah, our local station was WSBA. They played music. Now they're all talk. Oh, yeah. They used to have a really good morning show, too. Hmm. Okay, let's see. Next page here. More portable radios. They got bigger. They got uh, more... Unique, like the weather radio cubes or the oh, cube radio. Oh, my my uh, one of my grandparents had one of those, and I was fascinated with that thing. It was so awesome. It was like something you weren't like. It was different because it was a radio, right? But it was channels that you didn't pick up on a on a regular radio. You're talking about the weather radio itself, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it looks like they're selling the same concept, but with AM and FM. I don't remember those. I'm talking about the weather radio. Yeah, you press that button to turn it on, or it. It comes in automatically. Uh, or no, they did that later, didn't they? Some of the weather mm. radios would turn on automatically when a certain signal came through, but they may have not been yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's later. Then. Yeah, um, but this one, yeah, you just you you had a small amount of uh, frequencies available, and it just so happened in New Orleans that one of the harbor uh, one of the harbors along the river would broadcast on the one of those frequencies in the range. So you could listen to that to that as well. I mean, it wasn't very much. It was basically like. Hey, I'm here. I have a boat. Oh, well, we need to we need to bring the bridge up. Okay. <laughs> All right. About it. So they used the similar the 160 some megahertz band then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting, you know. But yeah, I really liked listening to that all the time. I I, I really thought that I was going to be a, a, a meteorologist when I was a kid, but it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the storm died out on that, huh? I just, truthfully, I just, um, well, I, I, I think I got kind of freaked out by the math required, and it, I, at the time, I don't think there's really much available in, in the city, in college-wise, to do that, but... Uh, well, now computers um, do it all. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still an art. I mean, you listen to your, um, your, your local weather forecaster is not, uh, is not, uh, bored, <laughs> so... It's amazing. 
But, um, no, because we had hurricanes, so it was a big deal. Now, looking at these portables on pages 144 and 145, I think one the one at the bottom of 144 is very familiar to me. Oh, these multibands, yeah. I had one. Yeah. Oh. Well, the knobs in particular are familiar to me, which is kind of weird. I don't know. As I said, I was pretty young. Well, this is still considered a weather radio branded. It is, yeah. Uh, because it probably has the weather band along with a few others. You can, you can, uh, it has shortwave, police emergency, aircraft, local control towers, FM and AM, VHF, VHF squelch. Huh. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good radio. It's expensive. So squelch control. Yeah, well, that was a squelch control for the um, air band, probably, so you don't have to listen to all the hiss yeah. as the airplanes were flying by and not talking to you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, another option would be that 1795 one over on the far right, which is not going to have uh, squelch. So you're going to hear just a lot of static in between transmissions. Looks like so. it just does every uh, a little bit above the FM band, one hundred eight to one thirty five megahertz, mm-hmm. and then and then AM. So yeah, it doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> you no. think you think they could at least put FM on that? I mean, it's not. No, they're just not. Uh, it's it's a it's a utilitarian thing, I guess. For for I don't know. I guess for pilots, I don't know who would buy it, but. Um, Looks like they have it listed twice on this page. Look in the upper left hand corner of that page. It looks like the same item for seventeen ninety five, and then down on the lower right, it looks like the same item. Well, let's see. It says uh, the one on the VHF high police. Oh, okay. One forty seven to one seventy four. That's what it is. So the one is the aircraft band. The other one is the same radio, but tuned to a higher part of the band. Now you could you could uh, you could get. Uh, let's. See. I bet you could hack that. I bet it's the exact same radio, just tuned differently internally. It could very well be. Let's see, moving on here, let's see, oh, look at that, oh, yeah. gee, Oh, there's, there's, the, there's the good one, the Patrolman 9. Yes, 9 bands, let's see what they got, UHF, VHF, high and low, aviation, marine, which is ships, not the, not the armed forces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> FM, AM. And two international shortwave bands, all band fine tuning, BFO for code and single sideband. That's SSB. pretty nice. So you, with the BFO, you can you can tune in. Oh, all. I remember that. Yeah, it, it's just it, what you just tune that a thousand hertz off, and you'll hear a thousand hertz tone and, and Morse code. Yep. Four inch speaker squelch battery tuning meter. Why do I need to tune my battery? Yeah, exactly. You know, Why well, you want to get the most out of it? Don't, yeah, don't we do that today with smartphones or other stuff? We we drain mm-hmm. them dead and we we fill them back up again. That's the retuning of our batteries. Yeah. Look at this thing. I would hope it had a backlight too. That would have been cool. Look, it's got a light. I can't see where I'm going with it, but it's got a cool light. Yeah. Now let's see. Now this this behemoth on the upper right. The base nah. receiver. Yeah, ham, shortwave, SSB, CB, um, let's see, 150 to 400 kilohertz, so that's long wave, 535 to 1600, 1.5 to 4.5 megahertz, uh, 
Why that covers a wide range, 4.5 to 13. Eh, it doesn't go that high, I guess. Well, four point. It, yeah, it goes 1.5 to 30, which is a good portion of uh, the uh, the HF band. Yeah, all right. Yeah. What's unique about this is that it has the long wave. Not all of them right. go that low, and that's that's probably what 160 meters or something from a hand perspective. I don't know. I, I can't do the conversion in my head. Because I recall Longway was a lot bigger in Europe than here, than the U.S. And considering how certain lower frequencies travel, you could probably pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I thought that was a CB radio, but that is a marine radio. Uh, so, let's see. Not CB, not quite yet. Oh, next page, uh, VHF and UHF scanners. Oh, the ones you had to buy crystals for. Oh, that's right. Wow. Eh. Or was it it tunable? Manual channel selector, scan rate, does it? Oh, crystals, specify frequency, 595 each. That was a lot at the time. So you had to put a crystal in for each of those of the, as many channels as you wanted? Yes. And, I mean, I guess later, for a 16-channel one, if you have that many you need to listen to in your area, that's 229 plus about $90 worth of crystals. Ooh. Yeah. you got to really want it. Exactly. you got to be a serious patrol man. Of course, if you're a serious patrol man, maybe you want the patrol... Oh, they're, they're all pros. I was going to say, this is, this is not the patrol man amateur... Let's be clear. This is the show. Yeah. yeah, well, okay. So let's see. Your Town's um, went on. Your Town's Alive with real-life drama. Here it happened on VHF or UHF. My Town is Alive. Provided you know the frequency. But I'm sure at the time, the people at Radio Shack can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. If I buy a scanner now at the local Radio Shack and, and say, well, what's my local police frequency? They'll call up Google. They'll call up... uh... Now, look at this. This is cool. Bottom left, 151, telegraph keys. Codes. All right. Code accessories. Yeah. And it's it's a top-down one. It's not the one like the new speedy ones. The new, the iambic ones that go side Uh to side. Yeah, I'm supposed to know code because when I got my ham radio license, I had to take code, but they've all but gotten rid of that now so mm-hmm. i don't bother i i may get into it again when i'm so old and, and the only thing i can move is my fingers um <laughs> yeah well i uh when i got my ham license um they had just introduced no code tech that's when my dad got his it was brand new no code yeah and there were a lot of old people really angry at me <laughs> They got over it. <laughs> now they're like, oh, please, we need people to come in at all. Uh, they're, they're with God now. <laughs> yeah. And they all, they had the, the one by one call signs like X, X, four, Y, you know, <clears throat> ones you can't get anymore. I get it. I mean, it's an interesting thing. I mean, one of the things that you can notice just by, I mean, just by listening, if you have a, a radio that covers so many of those bands. Morse code is going to get a lot farther than voice. Oh, absolutely. It can be used in more than just radio, too. So right. any kind of visual communications, it, it has its benefits. It's just, it's not, 
the the requirement the, the dropping of the requirement I think was probably a good move because it allowed more people to get into the hobby. Yep. I mean, it's not CB. You still have to take a test and be licensed, and you're governed under rules which are managed by the people themselves. Right. And so, and you're gonna have a better quality person typically on those because they have to really work to get to be able to broadcast on on various frequencies. Yeah, it was, it was more sensible. Just, right. So, but yeah, I mean, like you know, I remember when I when I first started in ham, and you know, you could pick up those receivers that you could hook up to your computer, and you could just pick out, and um, you could just pick out the Morse code and just have it display <laughs> on your. Yeah, on if somebody your was sending it at just the right pace, it'll pick it up. Or if they were using a computer themselves to send it, that wasn't but uncommon. Anyway. But these days, you know, so. But back then, you had to jump through a lot of hoops to get your ham radio license. Or, if you didn't want that, you go to page 155 and start with your CB radios. I had, I, I didn't have any of the, uh, well, yeah, I'll take it back. I did have those, like, um, the ones like the senior, but I didn't have the senior. I had something else. They, they, they were probably, you get them anywhere. They always had the big push button for the uh, Morse code, and then they had the Morse code uh, display on the front, yeah. the guide. Yeah. We always sent SOS. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> false alarm, false alarm. Well, I don't think we were going very far. We might have gone up to 40 feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, I think these went further than that, that AM radio kit. It does say up to a quarter mile range. That's what they say for FRS radios today, too. No, they say up to two miles now, but same concept. No license needed. That's right. Hmm, that was true, yeah. But you, and then everybody watched Smokey and the Bandit and then wanted to talk to, to the Bandit. It ended there, yeah. Well, you couldn't tune ni- Channel 19 on these things. It was Channel 14. Oh, you couldn't? No, these were single channel. Channel 14 was a common channel. It was still in the CB band, but nobody, That's right. nobody okay. tuned into 14 on a real CB. No, well, it's a good idea. So it was um, a dignity thing. Now, later on, much later on in life, I had a real CB radio with uh, all kinds of channels, but that was much later. Um, I used them a lot when I was traveling to and from home. Well, you know what I felt? It felt weird because I finally got my ham license, and I have this, you know, this uh, this HF and radio that I can use, and I'm figuring out how to use repeaters and things like that, and. I get all this knowledge, and it's all stuck in my head, and then cell phones explode. It's like, well, it's interesting from a technical perspective now, but it's a lot easier to make a call. (laughs) Yes, it is, and it's just, yeah, that's the way it goes, and that's why these days people in the ham uh, community, uh, nothing nothing bad against ham. Just last year, I got my general license because I wanted to go a little further with it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really a hobby, and it does have its uh, use for emergency communications. But by that time, emergency communications—if if it was—if there's some real nasty emergencies, I don't think anybody'd be worrying about being licensed to use something. No, and it's really interesting how some technologies that have evolved and come of age um, today are being used. I mean, you're right; ham is very important. But, like, I'm thinking about, like, what happened during 9-11, where the phone systems, you know, obviously there was a power issue around all that area, and the phones were really messed up. But 
texts were getting through, and and that's kind of a, a, a well, texts were just a baseline off of the regular cell phone service. Because mm-hmm. yeah, but the point was it was resilient enough to be available, and it could even pierce through when phone calls couldn't get through. Yep. So. It's interesting, you know. I uh, you don't hear as many stories these days about you know hams banding together to figure out the situation in Jamaica after a Category Four storm rolled over the island, but um, they can mobilize pretty quick. They can, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that was always kind of fascinating to me. So let's see more walkie-talkies and some professional ones. You see this guy with a hard hat, you know he's professional. That's right. He's the boss because his yeah. hard hat is yellow. No, I thought the white hard hat was the boss. I don't remember, but he's he looks like he's firing somebody. Through <laughs> um, the walkie-talkie. He's like, here, give this to Joey. I like, want to tell him like, something. <laughs> yeah. It was like text, you know, break up texting at the time. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, and they had one that tuned all 40, or um, at the time, all 23 channels. 40 channels didn't come till a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting. Single sideband CB. What is it? Why you should have it? Well, a way to put more power in the signal, right? If I recall. It says the latest and most efficient way to send and receive voice communications on the citizen's band. The advantages of SSB over regular AM are greater range, more channels to choose from. Very, very basically, here's how it works. Well, I'm not going to read all that. It's but. basically they're using shopping carts. As a analogy, mm-hmm. where okay, you can push two shopping carts holding the same stuff, or you can just push one shopping cart, which represents your sideband, and do the same thing. Yes, and it always sounds funny though. <laughs> exactly right, but you did get more power because it put all that power into the sideband, and it effectively doubled your power, so you could actually go a little further. But somebody receiving it may not be able to broadcast sideband back to you. Right. So let's see. Uh, more CBs. These are like SSB. Are these wood like. grain? They are wood grain. 12 watt output. Okay. That ex- that explains something because once 40 channel came out, they cut the power of CB to 4 or 5 watts. So with these 12 watt output, 23 channels, wow. that explains why when the changeover had occurred and I was aware of it as a, as a young boy... I was told, don't use 23-channel CB radios because they have too much power Hmm. by law. Uh, This kind of verifies that. So they outlawed? They outlawed 23-channel because they put out too much power. I mean, you could still use it if you legally cut back the power. I see. But using it was illegal at the power rating. I guess they made some change. I think that's back when CB didn't require... You get an FCC license with your handle on it. It was just open to the public. Mm-hmm, yeah. Citizens ban. Okay, let's see. So more CB radios. This is a big deal back then. I love the... It uh, certainly was, good buddy. The, the AM transceiver with everything. It's $229, though. That's pretty pretty hefty. you got to really want it. And with the clock, too. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? I don't know. Let I, me check my clock. It wasn't uh, you don't ask the time when you ask what ten thirty six? Oh, I don't know. Gosh, was it ten? I forget the I, ten I codes. I just remember worrying about Smokey. 
Yeah. <laughs> or something. I thought it was a 1036 he asked for for the time. Yeah. Oh, well. But you know, that, that 229 one is kind of cool with its clock, but it, had, it lacked style. Style was on the inside of the last page of this catalog. I see that. Man, look at that. You, ho- you hold that phone, that radio telephone slash CB up to your head, push the talk switch. You look like a big... You know, you know little known fact, but that is uh, Nextel's first, uh, first radio. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have me there. Uh, now you're going to tell me there's a, there, there's a Smokey up the road about a mile. There's, yeah, really. I'll slow down and waste time, and he's not there anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, these, uh, the telephone ones, it, it's funny because it makes you look, radio telephone services were coming out for the Riche or Nouveau Riche people, you know, those who mm-hmm. just made a lot of money before the mm-hmm. 80s. And this makes you look really rich when you're driving down with this mounted under the dash of your Chevy Chevette. <laughs> the Chevy Chevette says nothing. But the handset says it all. That's right. Has a has a little meter that moves too with the modulation, built in modulation light. What is it? Blink with modulation? Like it flashes as the talk. I don't know, but you know, um, I would hope that my car would be an AMC Pacer. You know they're so ugly. They're 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 great. I would I would drive yeah. one around. I would I would upset the neighbor. By parking in front of their house with with the AMC Pacer. Really? Oh yeah. Why? Because I can. <laughs> oh I, no, I don't mean because. Why would they be upset? Oh, I don't know. They they don't like the fact that I have a '74 Beetle that needs some body work oh. parked out front. If they had that really cool, that really cool bubble rear window. It probably is a real pain to get replaced today. It <laughs> uh, probably is, but you know they designed that car around around a person instead of designed a car. They didn't design a car to design a car. They designed a car, they took a person, and they built around the person to create that style. That person had a very odd shape. Yeah. <laughs> but they those things are roomy on the inside because of the way yeah. they built them. They built them with people in mind, not with car in mind. I'm taking this as like the advertise, advertisement for it. I don't think it was an advertisement, but I believe it was part of their marketing promotion. Um, mm. Not direct advertising, but this is the way they described it to the dealers to describe to people why this funny-looking car that looks awkward to sit in actually has a lot of room on the inside. I see. They're neat-looking cars. I mean, they definitely have a retro feel to them now. Um I'm too young to remember what we really thought about it back then, but um, it was an AMC. It was an AMC. They they did everything wrong. Oh, they had the they had the Gremlin, the Matador, the car that rusted in nine days. Uh, now, but the only thing AMC came out with, was, which was really good right off the showroom, was the Javelin. That was our muscle mm-hmm. car. Oh, and the and and the Jeep. They started the Jeep. So it looks like we uh, reached the end. Of the Radio Shack catalog. Oh, that's it. Yep, there's the uh, the back page and the slide rule converter. Twenty five cents with coupon on next mm. page. And all right, hey, got yeah, through so this next one. Next time we're getting a little bit a little bit further along, as I recall. Yeah, we're going to get to the eighties, and we're going to see how much of this old tech is still available 
up to 10 years from 1976. I wonder how many CBs they'll have. I wonder how many color organs they'll have. You know, they'll probably still have color organs. But they'll be LEDs instead of light bulbs. No, they might be light bulbs. Okay. But, um, Guess we'll find out. Yeah. Are we doing one? What are we doing? 1986? We can. I I have to go back and check the email. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Well, 1986. 19- I, th- I don't think it was 86. I think no, it was I think it was a little yeah, 83, 84, and, and I think the reason why is because, um, and this will be no secret to any of the listeners, um, I like to see some of the TRS-80. Oh you know, yeah, totally. Model Three, Model Four stuff. I I know that's going to be in there and. Oh, I remember those. I started looking at one of them with the Radio Shack expanded computer department. Wow, that's right. That's really neat. Whole new set of wood grain desks, and they set these computers on them. Yes, they really loved their wood grain into the eighties. <laughs> That'd be something neat to look into. And that concludes the nineteen seventy six Radio Shack catalog. Stay tuned for the next podcast when Mike Whalen and I discuss the 1982 Radio Shack catalog. Meanwhile, if you would like to leave feedback about this podcast or anything in the Vintage Volts website, please contact us via email at podcast at vintagevolts.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Vintage Volts or on Facebook, facebook.com slash vintagevolts. Thank you for listening.